0: Hear the word of our Lord from Hebrews chapter 13, the fourth verse. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Hear the word of our Lord again from Proverbs 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and obtains favor from the Lord. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello everybody and welcome back to our sex and marriage series that we kicked off last week because, well, sometimes you just gotta make people mad. And other times you gotta make them pretty darn happy with what they're hearing on a topic that is spicy, it's controversial, it's difficult. And while there is no end, literally no end of all the influencers and talking heads out there talking about sex and marriage, I figured I'd throw my hat in the ring to bring up what the Bible says. Now, in the midst of that, though, I realize I'm going to get some pushback from those very same talking heads who want to say marriage is a sham. It's a sham and a scam. It's a shamily-scamily-scam-sham that nobody should ever touch. No young man, especially, because after all, it's just not worth it. It's not worth the risk. It's not worth the pain. It's not worth having to navigate your way around knitting two lives together over the course of years and years and years. Look at the divorce courts, how stacked they are against men. Look at how easily a man's life is upbraided and destroyed you know a lot of these guys have a point let's address them one by one and the number one point you're going to hear from all of these guys out there in the manosphere and in pickup artist communities is that marriage is too risky like i said there is the issue of divorce that the culture promotes divorce especially female-initiated divorce. There was a study called These Boots Were Made for Walking that shows that most divorce filers for the past 60 years or so have been women. And no, it is not because of abuse, adultery, or abandonment. The big three A's. Those, it turns out, are a solid minority of the reasons these women were putting out there for leaving their husbands and taking half his stuff at least. In the study, they conclude, well, if mama's not happy, ain't nobody happy, so I'm just gonna leave. Or I found a new man, because I wasn't as happy with my husband as I am now with this man. You look at these statistics and you say, wow, that is incredibly risky. People encouraging me to get married are saying I should invest years and years and years into my life for something that might blow up in my face. And then I live out the rest of my life uh, significantly impoverished by somebody who turns face, seemingly on a dime, seemingly out of nowhere, and destroys me. Is that really worth the risk? Well, the trouble with statistics like that, and the uh, old 40%, 50%, half of marriages end in divorce, all that stuff is, it presents marriage as risky, but it never answers the question, for whom is it risky? Certainly, marriage is risky for bad people. It's certainly risky for stupid people. People who get up in the morning and say, Ah, there is this woman in my bed, or there is this man in my bed, I am going to figure out how to mistreat or neglect them. Marriage certainly is risky if your moral character and your spouse's moral character are low, or if you simply are too lazy to work on the marriage. Focus on the family and other church ministries have shown that couples who go to church regularly, and I mean three or four times a month, have a markedly lower risk of divorce or abandonment or even adultery in their future. Far lower than the secular average. Is marriage as risky for godly people who work on their relationship constantly? It's not nearly as risky. And yes, by all means, bad things happen to people who put in the work. Bad things can happen to devoted spouses who do their best to make their marriage shine. Anybody coming at me with anecdotal evidence is showing me exceptions to the rule, which states that godly, hardworking people who purposely develop their marriage are gonna be better off overall and have far lower rates of divorce. Think about it this way. If I get into a car, is that risky? Absolutely, anybody who drives a car and goes out on the road has to accept the risk that they might get into an accident and die. But for the most part, defensive drivers, those who wear their seat belts, those who check the maintenance on their car those who don't text and drive or drink and drive or do their hair or makeup while driving or shave while driving those people who focus on the road and drive as safely as possible they get in a heck of a lot less accidents than the dude out there who is not driving safely he is driving some beater that might blow up A 1979 Pinto with a gas tank in the back. He's not watching anything. He forgot to have a rear-view mirror in the car. He's smoking a cigarette while eating his cup of noodles, listening to two podcasts at once and crossing his eyes, basically playing chicken on the railroad. There are so many people who approach marriage this way. They think that they have a boyfriend or a girlfriend in the house, and that it is the same exact dynamic, rather than actively working on themselves. So yes, marriage is risky. It is far, far less risky for those who put in the work together. Now that said, though, I want to ask some of these guys a question. Would you rather risk a divorce for the sake of seeking God's blessing in holy matrimony, or would you rather guarantee loneliness? If you have a girlfriend right now, and you're just going to hang out with that girlfriend for the rest of your life, I guarantee you, chances are, she's not going to be there for you on your deathbed. especially if you've kept the relationship sterile, non-fertile. If you're using your condoms and your birth control pills, your sex is just you masturbating into her vagina, your fornication-based relationship is not going to have nearly the same quality as marriage. It is just you seeking a buzz, manipulating another human being to get it. And for the people who refuse to get married, or even have relationships outside of the odd one-night stand here and there, you're saying that you are comfortable with your loneliness. I'm going to tell you right now, you are comfortable with it short term. They say it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. If you end up 40 years from now, 50 years from now, being 70 or 80 years old, and you have nobody, are you going to comfort yourself by saying, at least I never tried, and at least I never underwent more heartbreak? That is a sad way to live. And approaching uh, marriage in this way, saying it's a scam, therefore I'm not going to try or even look, That's not fair to the people who did try, who did look, who went out and tried to achieve this and receive the blessing from God. Now, I understand some people are in different circumstances. Their work circumstances suck, their life circumstances are terrible. If you're in the middle of a military deployment on an aircraft carrier and you are going to be out and about for 14 months, it's Hard to say that you could look for a wife. I'm not talking about those guys who say now is not the time. Simply put, the logistics don't work out for me. For the guys out there that have every opportunity to start looking, and for the others that should have every motivation to do so, especially if you are not blessed with the spiritual gift of celibacy, where you just don't experience lust, like the Apostle Paul, I'm here to tell you that marriage is worth it. It is worth the risk. It is worth the investment. It is 100% worth putting this time in. Are there challenges? Are there dangers? Yes. But as men, we should be courageous in the face of risk and go out, slay our dragon, rescue our princess, Go on that adventure and figure it out. It is better to do that and accept that risk and be brave than live a soft and heartbroken life. And again, I'm not talking about the guys who are in tough circumstances. I get that. And for the guys out there that are saying, how do I even start? Where are the good women? How do I get myself up and do this? I'm gonna tell you that's for a future episode. We will approach that, trust me. How do you get a wife? How do you get a spouse? How do you get somebody who is godly, ideally? We'll start talking about that next week so that men are not shackled to despair and frustration. But there's another contention that I want to address here, and it's that marriage kills a bedroom life. Now, most people listening to this probably disagree with that, but we are all tempted with the hedonism that's shoved in our faces 24-7. The messaging that says, oh, you don't want to do that. What if you marry the wrong girl? Besides, what if she's frigid in bed? Or what if he is not the Lothario anymore? that he was when you were dating don't get married it's just gonna make things suck you're not gonna have anywhere near the amount of sex that you were having before you got married well i have an article that i'm going to be sharing in the show notes from huffpost a liberal rag that by most accounts would tell you don't get married this article is entitled Want more and better sex, get married, and stay married. (laughs) It is true, they crunched the numbers, they looked at the studies, and found out that married men and women typically have much more sex than single people. Far more sex. You've got your partner, your wife, or husband locked in. The both of you, locked into the perfect circumstances to make sure you are having lots and lots of sex and I applaud that for married people. The church should be the most pro-sex organization on planet Earth. See, there is no end of people complaining about the rates of sex that they have in marriage. They never feel like they're getting enough of it. But a marriage only has a bad sex life if either spouse or both is deciding not to have sex or to not work on pleasing the other partner or to not work on their quote-unquote prowess, so to speak, their ability to seduce and please their partner. This is where people usually have issues in their marriage. When one partner or the other says, I shouldn't have to do that. I don't want to do that. There are men that get married and they say to themselves, I don't have to seduce this woman anymore. She's got a ring on her finger. We are just supposed to go to the bedroom. I don't need to work on the way I look. I don't need to work on knowing what turns her on. I don't need to do any of that stuff because I shouldn't have to. She is now my property, she has a ring on her finger, therefore, whenever I want it, I should get it. Full stop. Meanwhile, there are women out there who say, well, of course I don't have to watch my figure, of course I don't have to do that, don't fill me with shame and humiliation and guilt over not taking care of the way that I look, don't make me feel less than by saying I should treat my husband well and be excited to see him, I just don't want to and he doesn't deserve it. The currency that I have in my genitals means that I have power over this man and I don't want him to get any of it. Yes, a lot of marriages could be fixed by just having the husband and wife go to bed more often. Brittany Gibbons wrote an entire book about this and how much that just improved her marriage. There was another woman in 2010 that, as a present for her husband's 40th birthday, just said, Alright, we're gonna do it every day by hook or by crook for an entire year, and it improved their marriage quite a bit. People just need to go out and have those three words in their mind. Just do it with their spouse. It is a good thing. And that's the issue that people don't understand when they say marriage isn't worth it. They believe that it kills a bedroom life. Sex is just one example, one part of marriage that reifies a great truth. Are you ready? You get out of marriage what you put into it. If you put love in, you get love out. If you work on it, it will work for you. 99 times out of 100, this has just proved to be the case with a man and his wife. If, on the other hand, one or both partners uh, decides they're going to put in laziness, then their marriage isn't going to do anything for them. If they put in bitterness and resentment and jealousy and all... again, laziness, not being willing to actually work on the relationship, then that's exactly what they're going to get from it. Marriage is worth it. But like anything else in your life, it is also eminently worth working on. You want to have intimacy, but you have kids. The kids need to be Brought to school. You need to go to work. She has the stuff she's got to do. Then you come back home. Then you have to feed the kids. You have to make sure they do the homework. You have to take the dog out to the dog park. You got to clean up. You got laundry and dishes to do. And then the two of you at 9.30 at night are just sitting on the couch going, Oh, I just want to watch TV. Don't have time for anything else. Yeah, you have time. Make time for one another. Go do it. Go spend that time in romance and in love with one another actively rather than just assuming it's going to be there. Modern relationships, the dating scene so to speak, with all their fancy terms like the sexual market value of individuals, have accepted this premise that a man's job in a relationship, what he gets out of it, is to masturbate into a woman's vagina. She is there for pleasure. Meanwhile, they've told women, through every television show, through all sorts of movies, through pop music and everything, that she needs to see her man as a drug. She needs to feel good, perfect, in love, valued, constantly, with the feel-good hormones of quote-unquote being in love constantly flooding her brain. This is what culture is telling people to do in the moment a girlfriend is less than pleasurable as a toy for her boyfriend. And the moment a boyfriend is uh, not distributing those feel-good hormones into a girl's brain every single day, then they're supposed to cheat on each other, break up, etc., etc., and so forth. And especially if a single argument happens the moment there's any sort of conflict. That's just what they got to do, right? You got to break up. You got to destroy each other's lives and hate each other and talk bad about each other. And heaven forbid there's kids involved because then you have to double hate one another. That's your alternative to marriage. Just uh, dating and living that soulless, empty life for yourself as far as it touches human relationships. Come on, guys. Nobody wants to say that that is worth it. But everybody ought to be saying that marriage... Is worth it. And for the title of this upload, marriage is worth it, asterisk. If you work on it, if you take it seriously, if you are seeing your marriage as a solemn covenant where the two of you knit each other's lives together as one flesh and rejoice in the blessings that God gives you from there. Now, next week we are going to be talking about how to make that happen how to get into marriage. And after that, we'll be talking about maintaining that marriage. Because unfortunately right now we're in a situation where uh, young men are getting some of the worst advice possible from the church and women aren't even getting advice from the church. They're getting license where the church just tells a woman everything about her is holy and she can do whatever she wants. Literally, all Bible is ignored when it comes to the messaging for women in how to get married and stay married. It is a shame. Let's correct that. But for now, keep in mind, guys, marriage really is worth it. Amen and amen.